Welcome to As the Garden Grows, a podcast about a small cannabis company and our journey in growing wellness. Hey everyone, it's me and Moj here today. It's just going to be a little girl chat. We're just catching up. We haven't caught up in a couple of days. Actually, I think it's been like a week since we last talked. Yeah, I want to say it's been a week. <laughs> yeah. So welcome to a Kijana and Moj conversation. <laughs> <laughs> So what's up, girl? Nothing. The week just went by super fast. It was a short week since it was, you know, the MLK holiday, which I love. I look forward to that every year to have a holiday off. (laughs) That's always great. But yeah, just, you know, working, busy. The vibe has just been super busy these days. Yeah, I feel that. But what's new with you? I saw the shop is closed. What's going on? Yeah, the shop is closed. Okay. I <laughs> I have like mixed emotions about this because I mean for a lot of reasons I have mixed emotions about it. Obviously, we've been talking about shutting the shop down for a while now because you know, like once our decision or the thing that we had decided was like, okay, as soon as we submit to the state, we're going to shut the shop down. Because obviously we don't want the state to be looking at our thing, like what's going on here, you know what I mean? And we want to like really commit to the fact that we're doing licensing. And we did submit all our documentation into the city um, almost like two weeks ago now, actually. Woo! I mean, okay, let's take a moment. That's huge. That is huge for us. I love it. I know. So all that stuff is in. And obviously, we were just kind of pushing these last couple of weeks of January, um, just honestly trying to like generate some income for, you know, licensing and all that stuff. And just like for me to survive, because obviously, as you know, this is like my primary source of income. Like, I don't have any other income. Um, so what had happened was on Friday, I got an email from Square basically saying that after reviewing our account, it was associated with too much high-risk activity, and so they were deactivating the account. What? Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. What do they consider high-risk activity? What do they think they're doing? uh, It's probably everything we're doing, but here's the thing. I, when I first got a website, I had signed up for, um, a payment processor called Stripe. I signed up for all the payment processors because I was like, I just want people to pay however they want to pay. You know what I'm saying? So I signed up for everything. I had PayPal, I signed up for Stripe, and I signed up for Square. And I had them all on my website, my old website before Ryan even came on board. But like within two days, Stripe emailed me and they were like, sorry, we can't like do your account because it's, it's high risk activity. So they were, and they were like their email, it's probably a generic email, but it was really sweet. Like, I will never forget that. <laughs> like, I'm they someone, wrote that way. Hey, listen, I am someone who like, if you are going to do something against me, reject me in any way, know that I'm going to take it really fucking hard. Maybe not to your face, but like, I will internalize it probably forever. But like, if you do it in a nice way, I'll never forget it. <laughs> Listen, like Maya Angelou said, okay, people will not remember what you said. <laughs> they will remember how you made them feel. 
Facts. Facts. That is very true. So their delivery was great. Their delivery was phenomenal. It was was kind. It was a soft blow, you feel? They were like, they're so sorry. They They were even like, there are some cloud payment processors that might be able to accept you. Like, they tried to help me find a solution. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I fuck with that energy. You know, it's not, it's, it's one of those, like, it's not me, it's you, but let me help you right. find better. Like, let like, me help you better. find better. Right. Like, all of that. <laughs> all of that. <laughs> now, fast forward to last Friday. <laughs> Square, not so much. <laughs> they were like, we regret to inform you that as of today, <laughs> your account is deactivated. <laughs> Damn, y'all can't even give me 24 hours to get my shit together. So basically when that happened, when they sent that email, I was like, oh, shit. But, you know, like the timing wasn't crazy because we already have been saying, like, we're about to take the shop down. We're about to take the shop down. So to me, at the same time, even though I was fucked up about it, I was also like, you know, I, I got on the phone with Ryan right away. And he was the one who was obviously more, because I was like definitely sad. I mean, you know me, I'm a Taurus. I feel like yeah. we have this in common. Like, this is my money. Like, this is how I eat straight up. So, right. <laughs> and that's also my primary bank account, Square, just so the world knows. <laughs> like, I've been <laughs> operating out of that bank account for <laughs> at least a year now, like straight up, because my real bank sucks. So, there's a whole other yeah. issue. But, so that was like, oh shit. Like I was like, this is really hurting me and my heart. Cause I'm like, how am I going to survive? But Ryan was like, timing wise, this feels right. <laughs> like we already submitted to the city. Why are we pushing it? Like we should just take it down. There's no need for us to test. We're so close. Like why would we even test? So obviously I was like, you're right. Don't, you know, cause our quick solution could have been to just activate PayPal, but it just, it didn't feel like the right thing to do for, and you know what the other thing is too, real talk, like, honestly, I'm actually, and I, I realized it right when that all happened. Like, I'm so tired. Like I've been doing these things, this like take out the, um, edible weekly orders for basically over the last 40 weeks, 40, 42 weeks, I think. And I had what one week that I didn't do it when I was out in LA and I still have people here doing it, but literally out of the 42 weeks, <laughs> 41 of them, <laughs> I have been here doing this. Like, even that one week you were in California baking. <laughs> it's not like you really hey! caught a break. You were still out there baking. <laughs> <laughs> I never even took a week off. Okay. <laughs> like, real you know, it's, it's really. It really looks like it was a message from the universe and like like that you shouldn't go against this message. Yeah. Because if you were to go against this message and set up a PayPal, it's giving me a feeling that it wasn't going to go well. Like this is just go down. Yeah. You know what else be like? I had like a feeling in my stomach all week, all week. Like I knew something was about to go down. I just felt it in the pit of my stomach, you know, and then that happened and I was like, okay, well. You know, like we just had to make this quick decision. And I I agree with you. Like it felt like, okay, this is the universe saying like, yeah, yeah. Honestly, and you probably would have like dragged your feet a little bit more. I have a feeling you would have gone to the end of the month and be like, you know what? (laughs) Feb 1 is a good start date. (laughs) Might have even pushed it. Might have said Valentine's Day. Let's... (laughs) 
<laughs> Listen, I love money. You know me. Yeah. Yes, it's very Taurus of us. And the thing about me is like money is what makes me feel secure. And, I, and I've been yeah. thinking about this a lot because I actually am a really like financially insecure person, as you know. Like I've had this whole year has been like a lot. I've had a lot of going on with my credit score this year, as Moj knows very well. Like <laughs> I've really been in a situation. And, the, and again, like I'm transparent. I put my shit out there because I feel like these things that make me feel small, I have to just address them up front. And money is something that makes me feel like really small when I feel like I don't have it. I can't do what I want. I can't move how I want. And I already am recognizing that for the next probably like three, four months, I'm going to have to live really small, even smaller than I've been living for the last three years, which is like a lot for me to just accept in a matter of like 10 minutes getting this email being like, yep, your money source is cut. Sorry. And bye. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel that. And I feel on top of that, you know, kind of going with um, it's Money Manifestation Month and we're reading uh, You Are Badass at Making Money. So I just finished that book and I know we have a book club on it that we're going to attend at the end of the month. But one thing that I really took away from it is to like to really hunker down on what you want. And sometimes that might mean like you have to live small for a little bit, but it will get bigger because right. you do have like you are going to manifest it but you have to kind of go through this. And another thing that you touched on that's actually really good is that we're all just so embarrassed of talking about money. You know what I mean? And I, what I love about you is that like, you're willing to just kind of like talk about what it is and it kind of, it takes that stigma away and it takes like that uncomfortableness away that I don't know why we feel that. We talk about everything else, but with money, it's like, can't ask people how much they make. You can't like, you know, it's a really sensitive subject. So I totally feel you. Money makes me feel stable. So yeah. if my source was cut, I would be like, it would shake me. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know you. So I know that this would <laughs> like fuck you up. Like the way it had me fucked up. I know. <laughs> so I feel you on this. But I you know, know what? It, this could really be that since we have submitted the application two weeks ago by now, maybe they're going to be looking into it. Maybe next week is when they're going to be reviewing right, it or something right. is something is happening. Right. Obviously, the it's in motion. You know what I mean? Right. So this is just another step that apparently the universe wanted you to take earlier rather than later. <laughs> <laughs> the universe guides me in so many ways and really has sometimes more control than I think. But yeah. So like, is the sh are you going to still do like any like cash transactions or anything like that? Or are you going to take a break and like I mean really hunker down and focus on licensing? Well, definitely like we're focused on licensing and that's where the primary, like the majority of my time is going to be going to. I am yeah. still obviously doing classes. I'm still doing coaching. I'm still doing, you know, one-on-ones and things like that. Pretty much the yeah. like non like cannabis facing things that I was doing. I'm still going to do those. I hope people will, you know, keep signing up for that stuff, like pray uh, that they do. And yeah, we'll still be doing like the community stuff that we're doing. But as far as edibles go, that's all going to be offline until the shop is back in action in legitimate okay. action. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you are still like offering other services. It's really yeah. just like the edible part of it that has yeah, stopped. Exactly. So it's like goddess sessions, like I said, coaching, all that stuff is still up. Not yeah. on the so website. Yeah. So this is the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, so this is the time for those of you who had been thinking about doing any of those things, but, you know, had cold feet because yep. you would rather spend your money on some edibles. <laughs> now, <laughs> spend get that it. on a session. <laughs> and get it now, too, because the other thing is, like, once the shop opens, it's going to be a complete reversal. You know what I mean? The majority of my time yeah. is going to then be dedicated towards making the store successful. And so I don't know what class schedules are going to look like at that point. I don't know what community gatherings are going to look like at that time. So, right. and I don't know, you know, I know coaching is, the price of coaching is going up very, very soon. And I know goddess session prices are going to go up soon too. But other than that, you know, I don't know what my availability for those things will be like. So I do yeah. think that if people are thinking about any of those things, like now is really a great time just because now I have time. Yeah. <laughs> won't for yeah. my partner. And this will be like your like least distracted time too. Like you're actually focused on these things. So right. that's going to be really great for those who are actually currently in your coaching programs that, you know, you can yeah. give them all the attention, love and care. <laughs> yeah, I do feel that. I feel like, you know, this kind of like little weight has been lifted. Like tomorrow's Monday and I'm like, oh, I don't have to like make fudge tomorrow. I don't have to like, <laughs> like Tuesday is like my day again. Like I don't have to be in the kitchen all day. I know it won't be forever, but it's nice to just have a little break. It's been a while. Yeah, you deserve it. You deserve it and you need it. Because I feel like this whole time, not only have you been like working on the business and trying to like, you know, move the licensing forward, like grow it more. You've also been like working in the business. Like you do all the baking, you do all the prep, you do all the sessions, you actually teach all the classes. So this break, you deserve it, girl. You, you need it. <laughs> I yeah, do. I do need it. You know what? But that's true too, because like, you know, sometimes we work ourselves in a way that's like so non-sustainable and we are about to open this store and that's going to take a lot from me, you know, in a lot of ways. And I need to consciously make a shift and intentionally make a shift and not just think that I can like flow from one work pattern to another. Like I need to like make this clear pause and re kind of imagine what my work days are going to be like and what our work yeah. experience is going to be like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's really important to kind of like manifest that and like envision what you're going to be doing because it is going to be a dramatic change. You know what I mean? Like you're going to go from one space to another, like making these products from one space to another. And that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I'm ready for it. Don't get me wrong, but it was, it was a quick, it was like a quick jolt, you know? <laughs> You want it to be, you know, like smoothly transitioned right. into it. Like, your will, but it just <laughs> like, oh, I have this very comfortable amount of money in my bank account. Now I can stop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly why the universe is like, mm -mm. I'm going to have to tell you when to stop because, girl, do you really know what's enough? Do you have a number <laughs> that's like you're working towards? Because right. more is a it's a really big goal. <laughs> right. Right. No, I feel that. I heard you. <laughs> yeah. But what else um, is going on with the licensing? Any updates from the um, city? Have you heard back from them? Anything new that you're working on for them? 
Um, I haven't heard too much from the city. I did submit all my documentation for the Boston Equity Program. Um, I don't know if nice. it's a little bit different than the state's like um, economic empowerment program. Um, but it's, it was kind of interesting. Like one of the, um, requirements for that was if you are saying that, uh, you're like an African American or black or whatever, if you identify as a person of color, you had to submit a copy of your parents' birth certificate. So I submitted my dad's, which, you know, my dad was you know, born in, and lives in Jamaica. So I submitted his birth certificate. But then my mom was like, well, there are white people in Jamaica, so I don't really get how this is a thing. And I was like, it's true. That's kind of crazy to me. That I- <laughs> like you have to prove, like, I also prove have your to a copy of my license. So, I mean, if you look but at you my can license, see me. <laughs> <laughs> there is no question. <laughs> I got corals. <laughs> Maybe this is for those who, you know, say they're black, but yeah, they want it proven. Yeah, the Rachel Dahl stuff. I've met a couple. I, I, Yeah, no, I won't go into it. <laughs> Arabics of the world. But anyways. <laughs> Yo, recently, let's just go into it a little bit. Okay. Tiny bit. <laughs> recently, I mean, I watched Real Housewives of Orange County. I have, I'm not fully caught up with the new season, but I saw a clip of the reunion where one of the girls... Mind you, she's like a Trump supporter. She, uh, so she's going back and forth with Andy and she yells, but I am black. This bitch is not black. Okay. (laughs) Not from, at least not from exterior. And to prove that she is black, you know what she shared was her little 23 23 and me. Don't say it. And she was 3%, 3% African. I was like, we're reaching. We're really like, we're reaching far and high and we're really trying to bring it to us. <laughs> Stop like, it. You, know, you want to be a Trump supporter? Be like your own person as a Trump supporter. Don't try to bring other people into it, oh another whole race into it. Like, Yikes. Stop. yeah. Yikes. So I see why Boston's like, prove it. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what? Part of me is not even mad because exactly. Like there really are some people out here who will be really trying to just do that. And, you know, when it's convenient for them, they are something but never have been that. But anyways, um, back to it for a second. So we – so yeah, I submitted that stuff to Boston Equity. So hopefully I'll hear back on that soon and hopefully I'll be approved in that. I think I should be though because I definitely – met a lot of the criteria. Um, And then on Friday, uh, Michaela and I went to go to the space, actually. And we just went to go like take measurements and stuff like that. And we had um, kind of an interesting situation because we went, so you know how it's like downstairs is where we're going to build the kitchen. And then upstairs is where the bakery is going to be. So downstairs, we... um, we have like basically one big room. So it's a little bit different than I remembered it. I don't know if like maybe when I saw it the first time, I like, because I saw three different spaces, I think I like combined all three of them (laughs) into one. So like I remembered us having like two rooms downstairs, like one that I had imagined would be where the kitchen would be. And then one that I imagined we would use for offices. But there's only one room downstairs. There's not a second room. It's just like one big room. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oops. First of all, uh, sorry, Ryan. We don't have the workspace that I told you we did. Um, however, 
my vision though was like if we could build half of it be like the kitchen side where all the appliances are and like some cabinet I mean um some counter space storage. yeah oh. storage cabinets counter space and then the other side is actually where we could have more storage but if there was some way to like build in kind of like movable workspaces so that we could almost like flip up tables that could be like either cooking workspaces where we're doing like assembly lines or if we needed to like do some more administrative office work, like a bunch of us could sit down there and, you know, pull out our computers and be comfortable enough to do that. So the kitchen area is definitely going to be also really flexible besides like where the appliances go. We have to absolutely figure out a way, I think, to make that a little bit more flexible of a space that way too. So that when there's like multiple of us there working in the kitchen, we, we can all have our own like little stations where we can get work done and it's you know, simplified enough and we're not like all walking over each other because that would definitely be really annoying. Yeah. So like the space that's upstairs for the store, it doesn't have like a back area or something where you can put the offices there. It's probably better suited on the first floor. Definitely okay. better suited for downstairs just because like by the time we get the store upstairs built out with the, you know, the bar and stuff like that, what we were kind of imagining for that. I think that it's going to be so much going on up there that there aside from our the podcast area that we're going to have in the window, I I can't imagine where we would like set up. Like it would ha it would just be us like coming in with a bunch of chairs, you know what I mean? Okay, so the podcast area is still going to be up. I feel like that's what I was mainly imagining yeah. as like the office space or like the workspace it's is where small, like you know, it's just like a window where we can put like some chairs and like set it up really comfy so that comfy. we can all like kind of sit in there and just chat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always wanted something that would transition between like different types of workspaces. Right. So even if it is one big room, I'm sure we can have some type of partitions or like you said, tables that, you know, flip and create more space when we're not using them and then be able to have them when we do. It'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to look good. It was good. It felt good to just be in there, honestly, and just like really be in the space and take measurements and just start to envision how it was going to look and how we were going to like fit everything together, you know? Yeah. So is the lease ready to go where we are at on the lease and the start date? So we're pretty much still working towards the actual signing of the lease, but we did push back the start date to February 15th just to give us a little bit more time to get everything together. Um, you know, we still have the landlord really wants us to have the conditional permit from the city before we sign the lease, which is a blessing for us because that's the part that takes the longest to get. So, you know, the fact that she's like, no, we need to have this in place and then we'll sign the lease. It, it really works out in our favor, financially speaking. Um, so we're just kind of waiting to hear back from the city. Um, hopefully we'll hear back from them soon though. You know, it's hard cause there's no like timeline written anywhere. There's nowhere that tells us like, oh, that you can expect to hear back in this time. I mean, basically right now we're waiting for zoning to send us the refusal letter so that we can get our community meeting and our zoning meeting underway. Okay. Okay. So we're waiting for that letter to actually move forward with the community meeting. Okay. Yeah. I was told that we can't schedule the community meeting until they issue the refusal letter. 
I mean, that's a refusal letter. What's taking them so long? Refuse <laughs> it. Right. Send me a note. And I love that, it, you know, we have a woman landlord, like we're actually working with a woman because I feel like this blessing didn't come without some hurdles. You know what I mean? Like you went through some hurdles to finally be blessed with this because they're not that many open, like open-minded landlords. Like they're still like those conservative, like old thinking about like dispensaries. So, you know, you really faced some tough people before, you know, she was dropped into your life. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and you know how it's just like, it's a better situation than I could have imagined because it's so close and the convenience it's right in my neighborhood that I grew up in my whole life pretty much, you know? So in that sense, it's like, truly, truly a blessing more so than I could have ever even hoped for. And I feel like, yeah, to your point, like I definitely kissed a lot of frogs before <laughs> getting to this one. <laughs> and, you know, even on the woman front, because as you know, like I have had some unfortunate situations with women in the past. And like, you know, as women in this industry, it's a lot because it's definitely a male dominated industry and we live in, you know, a world that is just dominated by men in general. So it's really really hard to like make a name and a place for yourself. And I think when I see like women supporting other women or women working together with one another, me personally like I feel like that's a more trustworthy operation. I just like the feel of that like much better. However, it's not easy to come by. It's it's few and far between because so many like women have been traumatized like in the you know, male dominated workforce and they're trying to match that energy and I and I'm not matching that energy at all and I think anybody who works with me like figures that out pretty quick that that's just not the vibe here is like we're not here to uphold bad traditions. Yeah. Or this like extreme competitiveness. Mind you, a little bit of competitiveness is okay. But this extreme competitiveness where like I have to be the best. And if I if that means I have to step on you to get there, I will right. step on you to get there. And honestly, that energy is just like not welcome at the garden. You know, right. that's not the type of people we want to work with. And that's not the type of people we want to have any type of business with. Nope. So and it is unfortunate because I feel like women sometimes do it a lot more to other women than they even do it to men. Yeah. It's like, have that energy with men. Right. Right. <laughs> like, not with us. Yeah. Like, why are you coming at me like that? But it's cool. No, I have. I, I remember I was working for this, this woman who was, as you know, insane. And yep. this other woman who was doing work for her as well, like, straight up said to her, she was like, you do not uphold your own mantra of respecting other women businesses. You don't support women businesses. You don't do what you say. And honestly, it was like <laughs> facts. Like it it did take yeah. for like me to observe that situation and be like, I got to get the fuck out of here. But like, yeah, I was like, wow. Because literally like people will come up to you and I know you know this is true. Like women will come up to you and be like, no, this is my, this is my mantra. This is what I do. I'm all about this. I'm all about supporting women or supporting people of color or whatever. But it, you really have to look at people's actions and see what they're doing to uphold like what they're saying they're doing because it does not always translate. And I think it's unfortunate that that happens, but 
again, just going back to the landlord situation and this and the one that we're in right now, it's like, yeah, it's a blessing that we're here. We don't take it for granted. We're super grateful for her and we will continue to, you know, keep that same energy with her. And we will continue to do that also because those are the people that we want to continue to attract to this business. So yeah. And we all want to continue to make money together. Right. You know what I mean? Like we want to make money together. We want to make money so we can pay you landlord. We right. want to make money so we can collaborate with other businesses, you know, right. like let's get this bag together. Like there is plenty. <laughs> let's do it. Right. Like, don't be scared. Let me into your space and I will bring the lines, the customers. <laughs> you gotcha. Those lines you remember from your first visit landlord, yeah. that will be wrapped around the square (laughs) (laughs) exactly no she's excited she's excited but we're excited we're excited but honestly i can't wait to see you as soon as the space is ready i'm gonna come i know there's just like no there's gonna be no waiting i know (laughs) bitch is vaccinated vaccinated (laughs) (laughs) and i feel like i've been envisioning the space so much in my head my like you you say there is no floor plan. I'm just going off of what you're saying. So I like <laughs> picture things. <laughs> I love it. So I need this to like, I need to see it in real life. And yeah. I need to like stop this like expectations because I want to get in there and then be like, okay. Because <laughs> right now I'm doing that HGTV thing where I'm like, hmm, okay. So this is here. <laughs> you're like, I'm seeing... <laughs> I'm seeing stairs. I'm definitely seeing stairs. There are stairs in there. There are stairs in there. There is a downstairs. (laughs) And then upstairs. upstairs. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait to get in there and decorate with you and even to just go like shopping for the spot because, you know, we love our little like antique stores to go into and look into things. We're going to. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. No, that's going to be really fun. I'm excited. I'm excited to get you over here. I don't know what we're going to do about the weather, though, because it's probably still going to be kind of cold. So, I mean, I'm glad we're going like mid-Feb. So at least like, you know, because when's y'all springtime? Like April, March, March, (laughs) I want to (laughs) say. That's nice. Um, I would say early May is when spring really blossoms. Stop it. Really? Last year, it was starting to get warm in March, I will say. The weather was starting to get nice in March. Um, But honestly, normally, like, it's pretty chilly. I would say at least through mid-April. Like, I'm wearing my winter coat usually through mid-April. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I want to say here... It gets, I want to say it gets warm by April. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because Coachella's in April and that shit is hot. Yeah. No, it, I would say out there it's warm by April, warming up March time. Yes. Yeah. But either way, we're finally going to have our, you know, Rose Garden crew together because we've know. been wanting to do like a little, I'll get everyone together in a yeah. space. So at least we'll be able to now do that in Boston. I'm actually excited to do that in Boston where like, Yes. Rose Garden is. <laughs> I know. I'm actually really excited too because one of the first things that I have planned for the team when we're all together, all of us, is um, I'm going to have Danny come and do like a human design workshop with all of us. 
and she's going to like read our human design charts and kind of tell us good ways that we can like work together and how our human design charts complement each other for working together. So, um, yes, I'm oh, really shit. okay. About that. That's going to be such a beautiful vibe too. It's going to be honestly the first time that we'll like, like East meets West, like everybody comes together and I feel like it's good, too, because it's just great that everyone's going to be on the same coast for a little while and that we can all just be focused on the same side for a little while. I think us, like, streamlining the energy towards one coast, it's going to make things accelerate even faster. Because look how they've accelerated in the last couple months now that we're all focused on Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. Facts. And it's also going to be really good to connect with everyone that's on the team like face to face yeah because you know i hear people's names and it's like i want to meet gabby (laughs) (laughs) i did just want to address this other thing that happened this week um because i did a chat in clubhouse on monday you remember um Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring this up because, um, yeah, so let me tell you what happened. Because, oh, you were there. <laughs> I was there. I was going to say, I was there. You invited me. That was my first day on Clubhouse, and that was yeah. my first room in Clubhouse. <laughs> yes, yes. Moj was there. So do you remember when that woman was I – had, I had mentioned how I like to create – really exclusive high-end spaces. And then like the next person who spoke made a comment that was like, I mean, she, she didn't say anything specifically to me, but she was like, we need to create inclusive spaces that are accessible to everybody. And she, she does a conference and she was like, that's why I keep my conference tickets at $35 a ticket you know, pretty much up until a week before the con- like she basically was just going in about how we need to create spaces that are financially accessible to all people. And I felt like because pretty much everybody in the room were people of color, are entrepreneurs of color, black men and women. Um, the person who had uh, started the room wasn't. It, it was not. It was a white person. But, you know, it was mostly just like, yeah, like young um, entrepreneurs of color in there. Would you agree that, with that, Moj? Yeah. Right. Yes. And and it did look like this woman was a woman of color, um, but I can't like specific. I could I couldn't say it outright, like based on her picture. I just want to say that as well. Correct. Um, Now, like for me, when she made that comment, I I was annoyed, (laughs) obviously, um, because here's why. I feel like, and and you tell me how you feel felt about it, Moj. Like I felt I feel like okay, I'm a black woman, like. I don't like being told that I need to make my spaces more accessible to people because I feel like that's a way that like, I don't know, like a stigma gets um, almost like perpetuated almost like, I, I, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's almost like, why do I have to make my space accessible to everyone and my space has to be, you know, essentially cheapened because you get what you pay for in this, this, this life. Like, honestly, like, that is so real. You get what you pay for. And I create high-end experiences for people. And that's why they cost the price that they cost. And I believe that I actually am an accessible um, person. Like, I feel like my offerings are accessible. I have all different types of offerings and products and different price points for everything. So depending on what your budget is, you should be able to find something for you at the garden. However, 
if I'm creating an experience, trust and believe it's going to be a luxurious experience because that's what I like. That's what I do for myself. So that's what I create for other people. And that costs money. That's not cheap to do and it's not cheap to uphold. And so you're going to pay for that when you come to the garden. You're going to financially pay for it. And I mean, for me, it's like, if you have a problem with that, then the garden is just not for you. And I don't feel like, you know, for the people who do have a more accessible space, like for example, even Manelli, like her space is really dope. She creates a great experience. It's very different. It's very different. It's very, very different. You don't have a hot towel at the end of the class. You don't have options. It's like, and I'm not, you know, who loves Manelli more than me? Okay. Like, I Maybe me, I but I cry when more. I go to her classes. I'm so grateful to be in her space. It's nothing like that. It's just that it's not it's not what I do. It's we're different. So I definitely had some thoughts on it after listening to that because here was a few things that bothered me. One was that that comment was followed by what you said. Maybe that statement in Which, general. Wait, hold on. Let's just take a pause to say the comment that I had made specifically was that I wanted to create the Soho House of Weed. Remember, I was like, I want to create yep. an exclusive weed lounge, high-end experiences. I went right in and I made it sound like that. So go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, her statement in general, if she was speaking when no one else had said anything and she just wants to say that, you know, these spaces should be more accessible. Okay. I can get behind that. Why I had a problem with it was that it was first followed by what you had said. And so you have to take it in context, right? She's really responding to you in a really passive way, but it was response to you. And also it, it needs to be recognized that like these spaces don't need to be cheap. Why do they have to be cheap to be right. accessible? If someone wants to make that investment into themselves to have to attend this class and gain whatever they want to gain from it, they will make the means happen. You know what I mean? They'll figure out what they need to do to get into this class. Everything doesn't need to be five, ten dollars so that everyone can attend. Right. Like that's not the goal. And also, why are like this is a room of like people of color, mainly like, you know, black entrepreneurs in cannabis, like why why is she speaking in this room about cheapening something? Yeah, this is where like money needs to be made. It was so unnecessary to say that because everyone knows these spaces should be more accessible. But we also know money is a very like important thing in in our lives and if you want to do something it costs money. It costs money. And it's just, you know what and I mean? It's just at the garden not especially. okay. Exactly. And you know, when you pay $5, you also go into that space expecting $5. You right. know what I mean? When you pay more, like, you know, you're going to have a different experience. And like you brought up Manelli, she holds a very different space than you do. So like, you know, she has, a, she provides a wonderful experience. You provide a different, wonderful experience. And those two people can coexist in the same industry. A hundred percent. And the industry still be accessible. Right. Yes. Yes. And it's not about, it's not that much about accessibility. You know what I mean? If someone really wants to have a cannabis experience, like they can find their ways to do it. Totally. A woman in cannabis business does not need to be passively told that she needs to bring down her prices so more people can attend. Why not empower the community to actually look into what they will gain from attending this and save their money or whatever they need to do to attend this class. That, when you put that kind of money into it, you will get that out of it. Period. 
period. And I feel like it's not just about creating financial accessibility. Like my classes create accessibility in a different way because other women of color look at me and see our space and they come in and they feel more comfortable here than they would in other studios and other spaces. And so I create that accessibility. And I know that for a fact, not just because I know that's what I'm doing and you know that's what I'm doing, but because that's what the people tell us. That's what they say. That's the response that we get. That's the gratitude that we get from our people. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean, have people complained to me about prices in the past? Sure. People have said stuff to me in the past here and there. Do I care? No, I really don't because I know the value of the work that I do. And I just feel like we need to be careful about going into spaces and telling people of color to cheapen their products or to make them more accessible. Because especially when we're thinking about equity in the cannabis industry, the whole point of equity is that we should all be able to make money. Like this is a multi-billion dollar industry and we should all be able to take our slice of the pie. And my slice is a high-end luxurious slice and other people's slices might not be that and that's fine but that's my slice and also like will we tell a white person who's opening up let's say a cannabis lounge to make sure that that shit is cheap no we don't we go in there and we spend the money is cannabis cafe in right here in la is that cheap no it the fuck it's not but is there a line outside is there a reservation you gotta make like time ahead to go in yes there is and do people still go yes people still go so why can't why can't you create that same bougie experience i i thought the comment honestly like was really turned off by it yeah because it's like you don't always need to say something just to say something like we have to be really careful about what we're saying you know and yeah i didn't like it and honestly anything she said after that i was just not willing to really take it in anymore because i was just so turned off yeah i wasn't (laughs) receiving her after that either because i was i was really well i felt like she might as well have just said straight up kijana i didn't appreciate your comment i don't like what you just said rather than doing it in this like passive aggressive way about inclusivity because To me, it's just like, that's just not the conversation that we're having right now. That wasn't even the point of the conversation, by the way. The purpose of that room was to talk about social consumption and collaborations in social consumption. And I I actually made it very clear to the organizer of that room after. I was like, just so you know, if you want to collaborate with me in any way at any time going forward, just know that I'm always doing high-end events and that's always going to be my vibe. And I'm not going to cheapen my vibe to work with other people. If other people can't heighten themselves to where I'm at, then we can't work together and I'm okay with that. And that's just not in our... Cheap is not in our business plan. It's I'm sorry. Never gonna it's just not. Someone... Someone else is offering cheap. Go get it from them. You're just not going to get it here. And that's fine. That is fine. You know what I mean? And we accept that. And we will accept you to come into our space anytime that you can come in. You know what I mean? Come in for a different event that's cheaper. Come in for a meditation that's cheaper if you really want to be a part of the garden. And honestly, like, especially for an up and coming, like, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to grow your business. Like, that's not what you need to hear that lower your prices. We also don't tell this to any dispensaries. We don't tell this to any other space that we go shopping in. Like, we don't we don't say this anywhere else. Why do we have to say this kind of this kind of thing here? Right. I mean, we pay 60 to 80 dollars for an eighth. But you're telling me your bougie experience, like, you know, like the bougie experience that you're offering for $100 is too much. It's, it's just too much. We got to be more accessible. Inaccessible. Like, <laughs> like, stop it. Stop yeah. it. You know, that is not true. You know what I mean? And honestly, kind of going back to something that I've said already, if you want to attend this kind of event, you will make it happen. 
And that is just what it is. And if you can't make it happen, you'll make it happen next time. This is not someone like they can they can never come it's like you can come whenever you can come this is still an open accessible space like this has nothing to do with like you can't come in you just gotta come into what you can yeah like and that's fine and that's just like we're how life is it's kind of ironic <laughs> that we were having that conversation on a platform like clubhouse which is like based off of exclusivity by the way like it's literally you can't get into the platform unless somebody invites you. So it's kind of ironic that, you know, this person chose that forum to like also express herself in that way. And I, I don't understand why. I also just feel like, again, like I know I'm a little sensitive. It's a Leo in me. But like, yeah, like don't come for me. Like I did not spend anything for you. But not even just you, even others who are valuing their time and their products at a higher market price like you know what i mean at a higher price like you can't come for any of those people you know what i mean that is just what they're charging you either participate in it or you don't I agree. you you personally make that decision you know what i mean and kind of going off of like the clubhouse comment most of the rooms on clubhouse are about how to make more money how to have a millionaire mindset how to entrepreneurs how to take advantage of amazon yep. so like <laughs> a lot of the conversation on clubhouse is how to make more money yeah how dare you come in here talking about we need to make it cheaper like shut up <laughs> shut up it really like it bothered me where i was like i can't accept anything else you say now because because you charge less, you feel like everyone else should charge less. Yeah. It's like, no, maybe you should just charge more if you feel that way. It's if you feel that your conferences give someone so much information and so much wealth, you know, this wealth of knowledge, then charge more, honey. Yeah, I agree. It's also interesting, too, because obviously she runs a conference. And I think that when it was described to me, um, when I spoke with the organizer, he was like, oh, she's kind of like an activist. And this is actually like the second time I've gotten into like a situation with activists, but I'm sure it's not the second time that they've like talked a lot of shit about me. But like this is, it's clear that <laughs> there's an energy towards me out in the community that's not appreciated. And I find it kind of funny and I just want to address it here. And anybody who ever listens to the show and wants to address it with me, I'm really happy to have this conversation because it seems that there's like this activist activism culture that thinks that we as entrepreneurs need to be grateful to the activists who are like going out and fighting for like cannabis equity and things like that. But what activists aren't understanding is that first of all, we all have a background and we all have like every person of color in my mind is an activist in a way, unless they're actively going against the culture <laughs> because it's like every day I'm standing up, I'm getting out, I'm standing up for what I believe in and I'm making it clear through my work and also through the things that I say. But like anybody who knows me knows that I have like a really extensive background in community engagement. That's what I did. And I also have a master's degree in public health. So I know a lot about activism and community organizing and how to do it and how to be effective in community organizing. And when I decided to go into the cannabis industry, I was able to see what was going on in community organizing and cannabis. I have done things that are, you know, activism in cannabis. And then I've also stayed in my lane as a cannabis entrepreneur because I feel like that's how I'm going to be effective. I feel like through the money that I make and the other cannabis entrepreneurs that I'll be able to support in the future, specifically women of color, that's how I'll be effective in this industry. That's how I want to have change. When I was working in community organizing for years, I remember all I used to think was I can't wait until I have wealth so that I can do things the way that I want to do them. And now I've 
finally figured out a way to create wealth in my life so that I can do things the way that I want to do them. We don't all have to do the same thing or, you know, be activists in the same way in order to push a cause along. And this is exactly the conversation that I had with the last girl who came at me, who was basically trying to tell me that, like, you know, we needed to be grateful for activists who made it possible for me to host a cannabis dinner. And that's really not how that actually worked. So, you know, activists, I think sometimes people who are in that life and that's what they do 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And trust me, I know because I've lived it. I've been there. So I know how you can get so caught up in the work that you're doing and feel that it's, you know, so important that you forget to think about the other people that are in here that are also doing work just in a different way than you. And so, you know, that, that's kind of my feeling towards, I, I understand that I clearly hit a nerve with people because I do the things that they do. And it's twofold. It's like, People don't like to see a black girl doing so well. They don't like to see a black girl high up, like making high end things, you know, living that life. And I'm sorry, but that's not going to stop if you're going to look at me. It's just not going to stop. I was going to be doing stuff like this no matter what industry I was in, but I landed here. This is where the universe pushed me. This is really my industry for sure. No question. This is like me. You know what I'm saying? This whole business, this is me. This is my heart. So anybody who wants to come for me and question me and challenge the way that I'm doing things, like we could talk all day about it because I know what I'm talking about. Right. And I feel like the people who are even questioning your pricing or thinking, you know, it's like there's a lot of effort, time, products that goes into it. At the end of the day, like what are you supposed to do? Not value your time and charge less? Correct. How are you supposed like so you're just supposed to not make money so that others can have a great experience? How can you give or, others a great experience? Or should we just if, not create those experiences? Is that what we should just not do? We should just not have nice things. It's almost like in a way, and I don't want to say that this is all of their feelings. I don't want to generalize it, but it's like, don't be mad that I'm making money. A hundred percent. Don't be mad. You can also do it. You can I am also not do it. Right. Like because like, I don't think it's really about like, I think a small part of it at least is like hating. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, don't hate on me. Right. You can just, if you think that you can give same experiences for a cheaper price, do it. Please yeah. offer that for the community based on my prices and what it costs me to survive and live and to give these experiences. That's not the price. But if for you that is, please go ahead and do it. Right. You don't need to replicate me exactly, put your spin on whatever it's doing, and you provide something more accessible for the community if you think ah, the garden's so inaccessible, which I will say it is not. Right. It is not. You want to be a part of the garden at the smallest level, you really can. It you really can. It does, and all members of the garden are really treated the same. It's not like, oh, this person attends events. So we're going to show them more attention when they come to class. That is not true. That's not right. the vibe here. You want to be a part of garden? You can be a part of garden for ten dollars. Yep. For fifteen dollars, you <laughs> you 15. can just you gotta just be, like not be mad to live within your means. Yeah. Don't be mad to live within your means. Right. You want to go to the next level? Just you know, you know what that costs, and you know how to get there. Sometimes right. you gotta like invest in those experiences for it to really teach you something. You know what I mean? It's it's an investment in yourself. That's how I want people to see the garden. Know that you're making an investment in yourself. And I think that's really personal to me too, just for a a bigger reason of, remember, when I started the garden, it started as just my friends coming through and things like that. So eventually it got to the point where that was my message to my friends. It was like, come here because you love it and you want to do this for you. Don't just come for me. Don't show up for me. Don't, you know what I mean? And so trust me, because everyone who comes here is my friend by the end of it. So 
Y'all are making an investment in yourselves. Do I appreciate that you chose here to do it? Yes, I do. I'm so glad and so grateful. And so is my stomach because I do need to eat sometimes. However, if you chose somewhere else, like there are other ganja yoga teachers out there. There are other people doing what I do in their way. There's other vegan edibles out there that you can get. There's other everything out there that you can get. Go get it. Right. <laughs> right. That, and it kind of takes us back to like the space that we're in and the words that we use is really important. And her timing of what she was saying right. and to the group that she was saying to, I mean, mind you, I was in like in the audience and I still felt bothered by it. Yeah. And my, I'm telling you, it was not because it's you and I love you and I would, you know, I would fight somebody. <laughs> I know. But it was mainly true. that like, how dare you? How dare you really like say something like this in this group right now? Yeah. And just to point out what she offers and what you offer are very two different things. She can be accessible because she can have more than 100, 200 people come to a conference. Right. You, you that's accommodate you to 100, say 200 you people at a time. Oh, right. 500 tickets a pop. Me, I can only sell seven tickets a fucking class. Wait. <laughs> like we're both valuing our time in the same you know what I mean? Right. Like, this is how much you value your time. And you're saying I can sell this many tickets. For us, it's a whole different thing. And you, she doesn't know how it is for other people who offer social consumption that were on the, you know, that were on the stage that evening. And it's like, you can't say that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Got to be careful with your words and what you put out there because this is a small community. And honestly, like, no one needs to be like this big leader. Like we don't have this one leader that got to tell everybody how to move. Like this is a collaborative community, you right. know? And if you really feeling some type of way, like just, you don't got to work through it yourself with your therapist. <laughs> don't come at me. <laughs> uh, facts, all facts. <laughs> That's my new thing in 20. And you have an issue, you got to go work through it with your therapist before you come at me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like, get yourself right. <laughs> get yourself right before you think you need to come argue with me. Go argue with your mom. <laughs> you know that's who you're mad at anyways. Facts. <laughs> All right. On that note. <laughs> Well, I think that's all we've got for today. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. It was a good little catch up. I feel like we still have more that we'll have to catch up on. So we're definitely gonna have to chat later. But uh, yeah, as always, thank you to everyone for watching. Obviously, uh, we don't have any um, stuff going on on the website. But yeah, we'll be around. Stay in touch. Stay tuned. And thank you. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to check back regularly for new episodes. Check out our website, www.iandirosegarden.com for updates and any events happening here at the garden. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at iandirosegarden. That's at symbol I-A-N-D-I-R-O-S-E-G-A-R-D-E-N. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs>